0: You are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible, hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through, so tell me why you mad even, your team gon' be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens, each season, champion. Contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, a 12 plus 6 here. Carson that was top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and hay with a Brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvey Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? Hey <laughs> <Aziz.
1: laughs> Jay, I-, I see you there. She
0: Welcome to Anything Is Possible. The boston celtics podcast here on the athletic podcast network i'm your host sam jam packard professional sports fan and i am joined as always by the kid the god the legend himself jay king celtics beat reporter for the athletic and the celtics have swept the philadelphia 76ers for the first time in history of those two franchises uh we knew the celtics were eventually going to win this series but just glad they got it over with in four uh Another kind of uh, back-and-forth game that really kind of seemed to shift as soon as really ugly uh, kind of injury to Tobias Harris and the Celtics were able to kind of pull away at the end of the third quarter. But Kemba Walker stepped up, had a huge game, 32 points. Jason Tatum had something like 28 and 15. And the Celtics are moving on to the second round. Jay, your thoughts?
1: I just want to take a moment to reflect on how wretched (laughs) wretched the 76ers were to watch that team was just disgusting it felt that whole game four like they were ready to just lay down shouts to tobias harris i'm glad he's okay but that team was just despicable they were awful they were horrendous they were just an absolute mockery of everything that is right about the game of basketball.
0: imagine how Sixers fans feel about having to watch that team on a nightly basis yeah it was other than game two where the Celtics really played well and had like a just a great offensive performance from Jason Tatum it was pretty much three kind of ugly basketball games. the first half today was just Fallapalooza it was pretty gross. Uh, the Celtics actually did a pretty good job in the, in the, in the second half of not fouling the 76ers. And that's basically, I think what allowed the Celtics to kind of pull away, but yeah, this there's no cohesion to the Sixers at all. Basically their entire offense was give the ball, to Joel Embiid and then Joel Embiid um, is just can't, you know, play in a second half without being exhausted and starting to turn the ball over. I thought the Celtics did a pretty good job of doubling him, forcing turnovers. They did not force a lot of turnovers in the first half, but yeah, it was like they eventually were just relying on Shake Milton for offense. The uh, 76ers were, and basically, it was a uh, this what was this like enough of a challenge for the Celtics to like really prepare them for probably playing the Toronto Raptors? This felt like pretty four pretty easy basketball games, uh, for the Celtics. They played, I mean, a, a couple of them were close, but this that was series. only because the Celtics played terribly. It wasn't close because they were like chat like they played well and still had to like persevere, it was just bad.
1: The the 76ers, like I said, they're just a deplorable basketball team. (laughs) Uh, I'm really looking forward to Celtics-Raptors. That is going to be an awesome, awesome series. It's a series that has been years in the making since Isaiah Thomas and DeMar DeRozan were around. These two teams have been near the top of the Eastern Conference. They've never played each other in the playoffs. Now Nick Nurse, Coach of the Year, Raptors defending champions, Jason Tatum. Looks ready for Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry versus Kevin Walker will be just fun, fun, fun. Two guys. Kyle really Lowry love to versus compete.
0: Marcus Smart in the flop fest
1: of yeah. uh, 2020. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready for that series. The the final. <laughs> can we just talk about the final minute of Game Four? I we can talk. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the basketball stuff. The t- Tatum just kind of dominating. The third quarter, end of the third quarter. Kemba Walker having just a, a lightning first half, Um, but that final minute was, was so funny. Brad, Brad challenges with forty one point eight seconds left with a why ten do, point lead.
0: Why do you think he did that? Do you think that was like
1: he wanted to win basketball? He wanted to win a small battle in the
0: war of Tice. <laughs> it was. It had to be a war on Tice thing. Al Horford literally gripped a. Uh, Daniel Tice's hand and then uh, Tice was called for the foul, but it was insane. And then the 76ers, like down 10, still playing like press defense. Um, Doris Burke described it as a bad date, um, which I thought was a great Doris analogy. had some
1: killer lines. When Al Horford put down like the, the the hand, like Daniel Tice is too little for me. And she said, well, I, I guess when you score eight points in a game, you can celebrate. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. God, that is a death blow to Al Horford, who had been averaging like less than six points a game for the series. That was Doris. Doris was on her shit this afternoon.
0: And she lit into the entire 76ers organization. She was like, Yeah, Brett Brown should probably be fired, but Elton Brand should be fired too. Any all of the decision making that led to this 76ers team should be questioned. Anyone who had any role involved in this team (laughs) should be take a moment of reflection and seriously question what they did to get to this point. Then she went off on Sixers. Franklin, I mean, it was great stuff.
1: She she was she was absolutely fantastic. Uh I mean, is it even worth discussing much about the X's and O's? Not really. Jason Tatum decided he was just fed up with this series. He, he was he was ready to be done with it. Um, I thought I he had a real. I thought he had a really mature game, though. Like he didn't get many touches early on. Just kind of waited his time, waited for his opportunities. He had some post ups where I, one of them was just so so good. He was on five ball. Embiid came with the double. Tatum just kind of backed up, waited for Embiid to leave, and then went in and hit like a little floater. That was a really, really, really good move. Um,
0: yeah, his patience then, was impressive throughout the whole game. Like, I think in game three when he kind of had the foul trouble, he struggled a bit with trying to force the shot, but that was just not something he did at all. He was very patient and kind of let it, like everything come to him in this game.
1: Yeah, we, we talked about it what was it the magic game in in the seeding games when he didn't have a great game and then it came time to win win the game and he just took over and it was sort of the same in this game like first half nine points didn't even attempt a three-pointer and then third quarter comes around bench unit comes in he's with the bench unit and it was go time and he he just really found his spots took advantage of those spots he was super super efficient that that was one of those, like, playoff big-time player games where, like, he didn't have to be the best player on the court every possession because he knew when he needed it he was going to be the best player on the court. So Jason Tatum, I I, I was really impressed by him. And then Kemba, uh, he just really carried the Celtics' offense in the first half when when they needed it because their defense <laughs> wasn't playing really? much. He had those, those two possessions where he stopped Embiid and then Horford in the post right back-to-back. That was... Not something I expected to see Kemba. And he was sick. Sick this
0: afternoon. Well, he didn't have the flu. He just had a a bit of diarrhea. Um, You have no clue whether he just had diarrhea. He had an upset stomach. What do you think he had? Could could have been the flu. Upset stomach doesn't necessarily mean diarrhea. That's true. If we're going to Pepto-Bismol symptoms, the upset stomach is in a different category as diarrhea. Thank you for fact-checking me, J. King. But Kemba, offense... He basically, and when the offense was struggling in the first half, uh, it's like, okay, we need a bucket here. Let's just run a pick for Kemba and just have him hit a pull-up. And his shot, I don't think, was as great in the seeding games or even in earlier in the games one and two in the series. But it seemed like that was pretty much go-to for the Celtics uh, at any point, and he had his kind of best game in the playoffs. It just seemed like he was playing um, – just being able to score with ease, and especially when the Celtics' defense was not really playing well, he was – keeping them in the game. But I mean, as the first half was like kind of absurd with the amount of fouling that the Celtics did Uh, Daniel Tice gets pulled from the game 30 seconds in and replaced with Cantor. That was, that was fantastic. That was another glorious part of the the game.
1: Brad was fed up with Tice very early on. He threw one of the worst passes I've ever seen, (laughs) like 20 seconds into the game. Embiid was laying way off him. I don't know what Tice saw, he just threw an entry pass to Marcus Smart, who was cutting, and there were like nine 76ers waiting to intercept it.
0: And so he gets immediately yanked, and then uh Cantor comes in, and it took like the 76ers about four or five minutes to realize, oh, we can just go at Ennis Cantor with some pick and rolls. Uh, and eventually they did that. Um, but then the Celtics just kind of stopped fouling, and then I really like the game changed after the very scary. Tobias Harris moment. Um, it was tied seventy-seven to seventy-seven with like three minutes left. Grant Williams, who has still yet to miss a three in the playoffs, knocked down a three in the corner. So he
1: went over twenty-six to start his regular season career. Will he go twenty-six for twenty-six to begin his playoff run?
0: I would say it's more than more likely than not. <laughs> I can't <laughs> the see law how. of averages it out. That's how the law of averages work. But so Grant hits that three, and then there's a, like very kind of weird moment where mm-hmm. Tobias Harris slams his head on the court. Um, immediately, it's like bloody. It's during the middle of like this odd that Paul Pierce interview, and they had like stop the interview. Um, it was really they, scary. I I was very happy that wasn't worse than it was. It was scary, and then they like they showed the interview like. 20 I mean they showed the replay 20 times which just felt like very unnecessary and uh I wasn't here for it but really after that the Celtics went on and scored the next 10 points of the game I don't know if it's like you can directly you know prove some causation there but the the 76 just felt a little bit disjointed um, and B got blocked and then just like kicked the ball. Um, and then you kind of had sturdy Wanamaker, and then you had Jason Tatum being smooth as shit, hitting like a three with the fadeaway in the air. And it's just the fourth quarter after that, that it was never really close. It just kind of seemed to to just, drag. It on. would never die. That fourth quarter would just refuse to
1: die. Brett, Brett Brown calling a timeout with like six seconds left to cherish his final six seconds with the 76ers was. Just, I, I I was so mad at both those coaches. Like, just let this series end. It is time for Celtics-Raptors. Everybody's been waiting for Celtics-Raptors all season long. Celtics-Raptors has been a playoff series that just looks electric, and, and we're going to get it. We are going to get it. I'm looking forward to it. Let, let's look ahead to Celtics-Raptors a little bit here because I, I don't want to talk anymore about that that Sixers team or that Sixers series. They're, All right. I they just don't, gotta... they don't deserve our, our, our words. They don't deserve the any, any more attention. They deserve to get left behind and just destroyed by history. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your nuggets are as safe as possible. When that matchup happens, Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I know Packard likes to keep his balls tight and clean. The lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man like him because of the, Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags, will be reduced. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, which are so damn comfortable, and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant. Nobody likes it better than when you smell beautiful down there. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level.
0: Well, for the one more thing I want to say about it is that Woj didn't even wait for the fi- It dragged on so long that Woj tweeted that basically the Brett Brown's likely to be fired tweet before the final whistle. Because um, Woj, you know, had that saved in his drafts for at least like three days now, and he thought it was eventually going <laughs> to Maybe end. a lot longer than that. I've heard rumblings that Brett Brown has been has like fired for, for weeks now. So yeah, let's look forward to the Raptors series. We don't know it's going to be the Raptors. Yes, the we Brooklyn do. Nets. It is
1: going to be the Raptors.
0: Okay. I guess the real question is uh when the series is actually going to start. Uh if the Raptors win tonight, we believe it's going to start on third game one of the kind of semifinals will start on Thursday. These two teams played some very close uh games this year. Uh a lot of the kind of recent history of the, the Raptors Celtics, uh, it's been home court advantage, where basically the home team won. The Celtics did, I think, won their uh, first time in Toronto in a while. Take that all completely off the board. Uh, Kemba Walker's had some great ga- had a great game against the Raptors. I think early on in the year, kind of willed them back. Uh, but they're very even teams, and right now. Uh, The Raptors have so much more depth than the 76ers have, and the Celtics, despite their bench lineups kind of playing a little bit better, uh, it's still something where you think the Raptors are going to have a little bit more um, strength just in terms of having uh, better guys. Then again, Jason Tatum, I think, is the best player in the series right now. I would put Kemba Walker up there. with like along the same lines of kyle lowry pascal siakam if the celtics have more top end talent does that put them over the edge over a a probably deeper Raptors team i think that's why it's going to be a great series
1: right is the raptors are not the 76ers they're they make
0: adjustments on defense
1: their defense is super long and versatile and they can do so many different things and they're so smart fred van vliet kyle lowry Marcus all well, don't, don't get you started on Fred Vlad. OG, OG Ananobi, Serge Ibaka. Like they just have Pascal Siakam. They have tons of guys who are smart and can think on the fly and can execute a number of different schemes. And so they'll trap. They'll run around. They're kind of like the Celtics in, in that, where they are just flying around, scrambling around when they're at their best. So it, it's going to be a different challenge for the Celtics. They're not going to walk into – as many pull-up jumpers as they did in the 76ers series. They're going to have to earn their points. And when they played the Raptors in the seeding game, one thing that the players all said was they needed to get it to the other side of the court. The Raptors sometimes overhelp is is what I believe Jalen Brown said. And so they wanted to take advantage of that. So that'll be something to watch. And then just I think the size of Boston's wings – could be important, but that obviously that, that takes a hit with Gordon Hayward out and, and Marcus Smart coming in for him. But with Lowry and Van Vliet, the the Raptors don't have much size in their backcourt, but those guys are both tough as hell. So that'll be something to watch. And then Cantor, I don't think he, he can play in this series. I don't at least certainly not as many minutes as he did against Philadelphia. It is probably gonna be a Robert Williams series, which could be interesting, or a Grant Williams center series which could also be interesting.
0: Yeah, the thing about the Raptors is that they have the coach of the year in Nick Nurse and that they make changes. They like they if something's not working defensively, they have a number of different schemes that they can do and they change that defense of their strategy uh, a lot throughout the season and so they're going to be prepared for really pretty much anything. The chess match between Stevens and Nick Nurse is going to be fascinating. And like they have the personnel to do it, where they can, if they need a bigger lineup, they can go to Marcus Saul If they need kind of more switchability, they can go to Serge Ibaka. Um, so it's going to be fascinating. Uh, the one last thing, I guess, and what I think this kind of bridges the series from like the Sixers uh, to the Raptors. What do you think of uh, kind of what the Celtics players said after the game, where they're basically just not excited at all after this series win? Kembo's like, we have not done anything yet. Jalen Brown is like, we actually closed this game pretty shittily. Uh, What do you think about the Celtics approach after, you know what, should be kind of like more jubilation after basically wiping uh, an Eastern Conference rival just completely off the earth? The best line was from Brad
1: Stevens, who after a sweep said, we were really, something like, we were really bad in the last three minutes. That's all I care about right now. Like, come on, man, just just, just let it go just a little. Just just enjoy it just a little. But, yeah, I mean, the Celtics, like, like we did, knew that they were going to beat the 76ers. They went up 2-0, then they went up 3-0. It was very clear that they were going to get out of the first round. This is no surprise. This is what they expected. Um, they just punted the 76ers out of the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I think... I'm with them that they didn't accomplish much. They beat a team that was broken all year. They beat a team that didn't have Ben Simmons. And now they're going into a series against the defending champions without Gordon Hayward, which will be a much, much bigger deal against the Raptors. The Raptors will take advantage when the Celtics play the Shemi Ojolais and the Romeo Langfords and guys like that. So... I'm I'm totally on, on board with the Celtics treating that like business as usual. The, the 76ers were just a team that that stood in their way to what was obviously going to be a Celtics-Raptors second round series.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a fascinating series. And we'll see how much that Gordon Hayward injury plays. Because in the one seeding game, the Celtics played probably the best basketball they've played, at least on the offensive end, and beat the uh, Raptors by 20. I just don't think they can necessarily reach that offensive ceiling without Gordon Hayward. But you know what? We'll come back later in this week and do a full preview of this Raptors series, which is probably going to start um, on Thursday. Jay, I know you have to get to writing for all the great work you do for The Athletic, so let's empty the notebook. Anything else you got at all notes on this game?
1: Let me find them real quick.
0: All right. Dude. While you're finding them, I'm going to talk about the classic Ennis Cantor moment of going one for three on one possession, two offensive rebounds, actually airball to putback, and I think that is this is a big pickup debate of whether or not you can uh, re- rebound your own airball. Uh, but classic Ennis Cantor, just a one for three, two offensive rebounds, two points.
1: Yeah, um, I had Jalen Brown just really, really, just, just kind of owned al horford throughout the series that that was one of my notes there there was one play in particular jalen beat horford off the dribble like with four seconds left on the shot clock it made a great cross court pass to marcus smart for a three that's not a pass we see jalen making all the time it was a really really good pass and a really really good play at the end of the shot clock jalen his three he continues to shoot three pointers off the bounce from deep his three-point versatility was something in the bubble that has really I think been different than it was during the before the NBA hiatus.
0: Yeah, his his three-point shooting has been uh much better. It feels like he keeps on getting better. Um he's the king of Kaizen, like the incremental progress. He really struggled last year with his shot but got like that much better as the season went on. It feels like he really improved his ball handling at the start of the year and continues to add things to this game. So I thought he was like a quieter game from him, but still quite impressive. I thought Marcus Smart had a like a fantastic game, even though not that many points. But um, picking up a tech for yelling "ball don't lie" is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm here for it. No, ten out of ten times. The that is refs, not fantastic. That is why not, not fantastic because you should never get a tech for that bullshit. But so that you're you're on my side that it was uh, the refs are being way too sensitive. It's not Marcus Smart's fault.
1: Yeah, but I mean the refs also hit like hit the 76ers with a whole bunch of tees. Brett Brown being furious on the sideline was what? one of the one of the running themes of of the first round. When when he was screaming at Shake Milton, I think it was during the Celtics run late third quarter, early fourth and Jason Tatum missed a free throw. It went right right back to him and nobody on the 76ers considered boxing him out and it you just gotta went crazy fucking
0: career. be there you <laughs> gotta be there <laughs> tobias harris committed a foul just so he could be in better position to get a technical foul that's how like frustrated the sixers were i mean Joel and at the end of the game was just exhausted and um pretty much playing terrible basketball. I could contend that Al Horford had a better game this game than uh, Joel Embiid did.
1: Did you see Al Horford's sister tweeted that her brother was much better when Embiid's sitting? Is she and, wrong? And that the two of them <laughs> are don't fit well together? No, not at all. No, she is 100%
0: correct. She, Anna Horford has always been very honest online. <laughs> it is just correct. not something
1: you see uh,
0: often out of a, a family member. <laughs> The other thing I noticed from this game, and it mirrors what happens in the Wells Fargo Center, the fake crowd noise was cranked up to 11. Um, and it was... I'm not
1: a big fan of that.
0: No, but it's like, it's actually funny. I think Corrales pointed this out, but it's like, if you go to a games at Wells Fargo, their fake noise is also cranked up to 11. So I guess it was uh, somewhat mirrored the uh, kind of the right environment. And then... That's pretty much all I got. I'm just looking at my notes. I got uh, some Wanamaker's uh, sturdy. The war on Tyus needs to end, uh, but he strikes back. He uh, he flopped the hell out of that and to get Embiid's fifth foul. Like that was. Is it a problem, the referee, or like it feels like both teams were playing a lot to try and draw fouls and not trying to score points? And I don't know. That's just not the type of basketball I like to see. But it's going to get so much worse with uh Lowry and Smart going against each other.
1: It's it's going to be so entertaining. Uh, Shemmy Ojale had a
0: couple rough moments. He had one great moment where he had like a hustle rebound, but that was about it.
1: And then he traveled immediately thereafter. So yes. it was it was not a Shemmy night. I thought it was not a Grant Williams night. He had a moving screen that Brad seemed pissed off about. I, I think he was pissed at Grant. I don't think he was pissed at the referees. Um, Grant also got beat a couple times in the post by Al Horford, one of which was just he gave up way too good position. If Grant's going to play center, he can't be doing that. So it, it wasn't a huge night for the Celtics bench, except Grant to hit a three. Grant, Grant hit the three. He, and
0: he's Ennis, a three-hitter. <laughs> that, that's what people call him. Um, just last thing on the in the junk drawer for the um, – Ennis Cantor did manage to – fully uh, stopped Kemba Walker in transition, just like play great transition defense, just having zero awareness and stopped him uh, in the front court. Great stuff from him. Um, That's pretty much all I got on my end. Anything else in your notes?
1: The uh, Kemba push-off that I think Brett Brown got a technical (laughs) over was very much a push-off. That was... It
0: absolutely was. I, too, would have been furious if I were Brett Brown. So... well, Brent Brown's got some time. He's going to be a very good TV commentator next year. Uh, the league will be worse off for not having his scrums to listen to and his soothing voice, uh, but hopefully he will get hired by ESPN or TNT. Maybe him and Stan Van Gundy can just switch switch jobs. Stan Van Gundy's awesome. Take that back. You don't want Stan Van Gundy to be a head coach in the league? No, I don't, because I, I I love listening <laughs> to
1: Stan Van Gundy commentate games.
0: Well, maybe Jeff Van Gundy can switch jobs with uh, Brett Brown then. Just uh, as long as Brett Brown's in the booth, I'm, uh, I'm I happy. need all the Van Gundys commentating. <laughs> Todos los Van Gundys. All right. Well, like I said, we're going to be back some point this week to give a full preview of this Raptors series. Um, but you can be like Bronco Maniac 58. This is his favorite podcast. You can watch it here on Periscope for live stream after each games, or you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate it for our stars, tell a friends, and please enjoy this episode of El <laughs> Antonio Well done. <laughs>